Log Talk Radio. Uh, so you're listening live. This is the Free Parkings Pig Stick Pig Stick Pig Skin Pick'em Week 15 Edition. Uh, you know we're broadcasting live here early in the morning for you guys. Uh, once again next week we'll start on our nightly shows every night, but we're trying to get this thing situated and organized. Uh, we got Peter's rant. We're going to pick the games, and that's about all we got for you today. I think there was something else we had going on. Let me scroll down here for. Uh, oh yeah, that was about it. Oh, Mister, most intriguing game, lock and uh, upset of the week. All right, Peter, what you got? So my rant for this morning is actually um, about the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, when we talked, I don't know if we talked about this yesterday about Chip Kelly when he he seemed upset <clears throat> following the. Uh, I think it was either before or after the the win over the Bills when somebody when he called the integrity of the Philadelphia Inquirer out pretty much saying why was there a story saying that Murray went to the owner and had a meeting with him about his productivity in our in our offense and when it turns out I guess he was actually sitting I guess Murray said next to the were playing right back from the previous game. And what what annoys me about the Eagles is that I feel like every week there's some new rumor coming about it, uh, coming out about Chip Kelly or a former player having something to say about him. To me, the Philadelphia Eagles are just a complete train wreck right now, um, as far as it goes to trust factor among some of the players and Chip Kelly perhaps. Um, but at the same time, Demarco Murray should have known, and I should have known when he went to Philadelphia that it wasn't going to be good for him. And it, it sounds like it was more about the money than it really was about trying to win games because Murray's not the right running back for that system. So at the end of the day, the Eagles just need to figure out what they're going to do. I think maybe Chip Kelly needs to go because clearly players, former and current, don't particularly care for him. Um, and then, you know, obviously players shouldn't be going right to the owner either. I think this team has a lot to figure out in the offseason, and I think there's going to be a lot of drastic changes to the Eagles team come the end of the regular season if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, this can be an interesting offseason with the head coaching changes going on. Uh, real quickly before we get to the games, I meant to tell you guys, uh, when we did the introduction, I actually finished the yard project. I know we talked about that Monday afternoon, or was it Monday night? Yeah, when I went out there and I needed the three more bags of mulch. I should actually post a picture to our Instagram, or not our Instagram, but our Twitter page, and uh, Twitter page and Facebook pages so you can see what kind of uh, – mess I was in, but that was done. I went back to Lowe's, got three more bags, boom, done with it. So, all right, so let's get into these games. We're going to pick a handful of them, and then we're going to break down the four games of the week that we, you know, discussed off the air. Uh, first is um, Bucks at Rams, uh, according, and I got this, the point spreads from Football Locks. That's where I got all my point, point spreads, but they're going to change differently and vary by different websites. Uh, Bucks or Rams, uh, they're favored by a point and a half. Uh, I'm going to take. I'm actually going to take the Bucks here, Peter. Um, I'm going to take the Bucks here too. I don't really see the Rams being able to do much of anything against Tampa Bay. Amos, um, I'll take the Rams. I think Todd Gurley gets going again. I think that defense just does just enough. And Ryan. I'm going Buccaneers here, too. Uh, I just think that the Tampa Bay's run defense is really good, and Todd Gurley's the only thing that moves the ball for St. Louis. 
the next game is the that was the Thursday night game, by the way. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm still trying to wake up a little bit. Uh, Saturday night game is Jets at Cowboys. Jets are favored by three. Uh, Jets in a landslide here. I don't think the Cowboys' offense is going to be able to match. Amos? Yeah, I, I agree. I'd take the Jets all the way against that defense against Matt Castle. Ryan? Uh, Amos said it exactly. That defense, the kid against uh, Castle. I mean, that's all you got to know about this game. Jets win. Yeah, Peter. Jets are going to win it. Just you're going to win. They, uh, both Amos and Ryan hit the nail on the head, and you look at how they did against the Jets on defense and on offense. Dallas won't be able to do a damn thing against them. It's going to be a complete nightmare for Dallas. Uh, Chiefs at Ravens. Chiefs favored by seven and a half. <laughs> yeah, I'm, don't even know how the Ravens are even going to be able to contend in this game. I, I think seven and a half is being a little bit generous here. I like the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs actually by 14 points here. Ryan? Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a very close game. Uh, the Chiefs have really come into their own and are playing uh, really great football right now. And the Ravens, I mean, they don't even have a roster right now. They have more guys on IR than they do playing. Uh, Peter? Yeah, I'm definitely taking the Chiefs in this one. I'm not sure how the Ravens, how the spread was that, but in the words of Coach Mickey, you'll never be a contender. You're the Ravens aren't going to do anything in this game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Chiefs are playing really good football right now. There's a pretty good chance they're yep. going to win the season now and go to the playoffs. Yep. And Amos. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, been playing very good football. They're the healthier team. They're the better team. Uh, Bears at Vikings. Uh, Vikings favored by five and a half. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Bears in this one. I don't think the Vikings have been playing very good football, but then again, neither are the Bears. I kind of like the Bears. Uh, You know the Bears on the road here, Uh, Peter. I'm going to take the Bears on the road here, too. We really don't care for the Vikings' offense. Um, Passing attack is just a suspect. And if the Bears can shut down Adrian Peterson, then Teddy Bridgewater is going to have trouble finding his receivers throughout the game. And I think they're still banged up on the back end, too. Uh, Amos? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with the Bears on the road. Uh, I think Alshon Jeffrey has a big game. And Ryan? I'm going to disagree with you guys. I'm going Vikings here. Uh, the Vikings schedule on the back end, as we all know, is very, uh, very strong, very hard uh, scheduling on the back end, except that this game is like their only 08. It's the only week that they play, and they're going to win this. And Falcons at Jaguars. Jaguars by three and a half. I'm going to take the Jaguars here. I think the Jaguars are playing really, really good football. The Falcons are playing really, really bad football. Amos. Yeah, I agree. I'd take the Jaguars as well. That offense is way too much for the Falcons to be able to handle. Ron. Oh, absolutely, Jaguars. Uh, they've been playing excellent football. That offense is really high-powered. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, Atlanta can't move the ball to save their life. Peter. I'm taking the Jaguars in this one. Atlanta can't do anything right right now. And if they, they lost to the Blaine Gabbard earlier in the year, so if they lose to the Blaine Gabbard, they can lose anybody. All right. Uh, this was These are the four breakdown games. We had uh, Texans at Colts. Uh, you know, this is probably the most important divisional game of the week. Both teams are really still locked up in the first place tie for that division. You know, the Jaguars are still nipping at their heels, guys. It's like, uh, 
I think the AFC South and the NFC East are probably the two most intriguing divisions left in the National Football League this year. Uh, I wrote down I like the Colts here if Andrew Luck is healthy. Andrew Luck is not healthy, so I'm going to take the Texans because I think T.J. Yates played extremely well in the place of Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer can't go. Uh, Ryan, who wins this game and this division? This is going to be a good game. I think that it's going to be really close, a really hard-fought match. Of course, the divisional rivalry. Uh, but I am going to take the Texans, even though they're traveling uh, to play Indianapolis. And of course, you already mentioned the, a big factor in this game is no Andrew Luck for the Colts. Um, I think that's going to play a big part in this game. Another thing to look for, Frank Gore has really slowed down in the last uh, you know, four or five games. Um, and that's Definitely hurts that offense, puts a lot more pressure on Matt Hasselbeck to move the ball by himself. Um, and this Texas defense has really played well, and they've got a lot of talent. You look at J.J. Watt, of course, the person that pops out. Of, pops out. Um, but you got to remember they have Vince Wilfork, uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney, when it's been like wishy-washy. But then on the back end, you, they do have an underrated secondary, in my opinion, Uh this team can hang with a lot of a lot of wide receivers, and if you look at the Colts outside of T.Y. Hilton, they really don't have any uh, you know solid level wide receivers. On the other side of the ball, even though they have Brian Poyer and they don't have Arian Foster, they've actually moved the better ball better uh, since Arian Foster left than they have before his injury. Uh, you know, they do have DeAndre Hopkins, who they have been using a little bit less. Uh, Nate Washington kind of having a comeback to his career um, for the Texans, playing really well. And then the competition. I mean, there's that um, Indianapolis secondary might be one of – it is the one of the worst in the league. So it might be the worst. They don't play well. Uh, Mathis is the only uh, player worth mentioning almost on that entire defense. Uh this defense has played atrocious, and I don't think the Texans are going to have trouble moving the ball, and I think the Texans are going to give up some points in this game, but I think they're going to be able to get, uh, you know, three, four key stops in this game that keeps their team ahead. And that's why I think the Texans are going to win. I think it is going to be a close. I'm calling the Texans by four. All right, so... Um, I looked at this game, and obviously, um, <clears throat> obviously, this is the most important game I I think right now, this week in the NFL because, well, divisional wise at least, I'm going to take the Texans in this one too. And, and Rich, you said that this division, the AFC South, the NFC East, are the most intriguing divisions in football. If you mean by if you mean worse by intriguing, then you're completely right because both of these divisions are atrocious. But uh, definitely not going to take the Colts here. I'm, I'm, I really like the Texans. I think that they have too many good pieces and plates. Your defense is going to do enough. And, they, and it, even if it's a low-scoring game, I still think Houston can pull it out because DeAndre Hopkins is the best. He's the best receiver in that division, hands down. I just don't see the Texans. I mean, I don't see the Colts being able to do much of anything, no matter who starts a quarterback, especially if it's Hasselbeck, because I think he's going to have issues with an injury or Charlie Whitehurst isn't good enough and Andrew Luck is banged up. So, so no matter who go, who starts for that team, it's going to be a long day. Um, and I think the Texans win this, and they win the division. And Amos. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans as well in this game. The Colts have given up something like 96 points in the last two weeks. 
and I think they continue to give up a ridiculous amount of points against the Texans. Um, I think DeAndre Hopkins will have a big bounce-back game. Last time he played with T.J. Yates, over 100 yards and two touchdowns against, you know, Darrell Revis. I think he'll get be able to get open. I think J.J. Watt and that entire defense will have a bounce-back game, have a better game down in the trenches, especially against the Colts' subpar offensive line. And I think their offensive line finds way and time for T.J. Yates to be able to make plays. I think their running game gets going a little more. I don't see Vontae Davis being able to cover DeAndre Hopkins for that entire game. And I just don't think the Colts have much of a chance in this here. I think this is a team that's just fighting to earn a little bit of respect at the end down the road. I think the Texans win this game. Like I said, I think they win it big, but I'm still going to call that the Jaguars won this division. Yeah, I was just getting ready to ask you guys that. Is there any ch- do you guys see any chance of- – Outside of what I most just said, Brian or Peter, do you guys see any chance of the Jaguars actually sneaking up and winning this thing? I really, I really like this Jaguars team. I think they're definitely headed in the right direction, uh, and they're building an unbelievable offense. But being a game back with only three games left to play, they would need the Texans to win this and lose the next two. Uh, so I don't see it happening. Uh, I don't know if Jacksonville can can contend, and that's not to be disrespectful. I just think that they've been so up and down all season long. It's hard to figure out one week to another how their what their defense is going to do. They showed up against the Colts, but everyone's defense has shown up against the Colts this year. Jacksonville is just not that good on the defensive side of the ball, and it's I think that'll hurt them in the long run. All right, there you have it. Uh, the next game was you know since. You know, three Patriots fans, one Titans fan. It's Titans at Patriots. Patriots favored by two scores. Uh, the Titan, like I said, uh, they, you know, it's in New England. I expect a New England win, but at the same time, they're banged up. You know, they lost blunt. They lost easily. The injuries just keep mounting up. I think they signed some guy I've never even heard of. Somebody in the last name's Kitchen. Uh, Monte Ball was signed to the practice squad, so they're trying to fill holes up. Hey, Peter, the the question here was, uh, do what do they do with all these injuries? Well, what do they do with all these injuries? It easily has always been a health risk ever since, even before yep. the Patriots drafted him. They took a chance on him because he had a torn ACL in college. So, not to say that he's not going to be missed. I just don't think he's as big of a piece as other people on the on the defensive side of the ball, especially the defensive line. It's for the gear blunt. They're gonna to have to figure something out because he's the team's leading rusher. Uh, so obviously, and the the guy the guy second in rushing behind him is Deion Lewis, who was actually also on the IR. So hopefully, Monkey Ball can do something. I thought that his sophomore year in the NFL, he improved much from his first season. Um, I don't think he made the Broncos roster for a couple of reasons. Maybe he just didn't fit the system. But then you look at the run game of Denver. It's been such a mess at times this year, so maybe it wasn't him, maybe it's just the system. So Monty Ball should be able to do some good things. Uh, Brandon Bolden's kind of a bruising back a little bit. Not as much as the Lugier Blunt, but that'll help. Um, James White's a really good pass-catching back, so they can use the different running backs to kind of make up for what Lugier Blunt leaves. And then you look at um, Devin McCourty. I, I know he had a sprained ankle, and I think the Patriots, what they could do with his injury, um, if he's supposed to go this weekend is just sit him and uh, just yeah, just sit him because 
the Patriots have other good places, other good pieces in the secondary where they they should be able to get away with not having him go this weekend. Um, so that's what I would do. I would just rest players um, right now this week and then just try to plug in play the, the players that Belichick knows can fill the role, fill the holes left by the players that have been um, injured. And I'm going to take the Patriots to win this game too. By the way, that's what I'm going to pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the Patriots as well. Although 14 might be a little high, I know historically the Patriots have actually kind of struggled against mobile quarterbacks. So I think Mariota will be able to find a way to get a couple things done, but I don't think it'll be enough. And I mean, at the end of the day, I know Easley's out for the year. McCourty is injured, but I think going into the season, safety and defensive line might have been the deepest rotation areas. So I think even if McCourty can't go, I think those guys, Ron Harmon, I think he can step in and at least cover for a game. And I think that that defensive line, you know, they traded for a team picks earlier in the season. I think he can step up and have a big game. Um, replacing Blunt's going to be rough, but I think Bolden will be able to go in there and do a decent job. I mean, he's not a thing where he's going to have to get 100 yards every game. If he gets around between 60 and 75, I think they're going to be perfectly fine. Just something to kind of keep the game balanced, and I think that'll keep Tennessee on its heels. And I think Amendola has a big game. I think Blunt, or uh, I'm sorry, Gronkowski will have a pretty big game. And I just, uh, at the end, I don't see Tennessee having enough on that offense to be able to do anything in the Patriots down the stretch. So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Patriots. Yeah, this one's uh, tough, <laughs> being a Titans fan. Um, I think the Patriots are going to win this game. Uh, yeah, the Titans are starting to, you know, build something here with – with Mariota, um, Doriel Greenback, um, uh, I think, is an outstanding talent. But there's uh, there's just not enough talent there on that Titans team to be competitive with a team that's this good in the Patriots. I think they're, they're going to have a tough time um, stopping the pass. Tennessee has had a decent uh, pass defense. A lot of that has to do with the pressure these linebackers are able to get. Um, our secondary actually hasn't played very well this season. Um, you know, especially with Jason McCourty out. Uh, who that? I mean, that's our number one cornerback at Hurts, and he's been out for most of the season. Um, and then you look at the other. Like, you look at when Patriots have the ball. You know that I think the running back situation does hurt because um, Tennessee has been playing better against the run um, later in the season this year. But I don't think that they're going to have that much problem moving the ball through the air. And we saw earlier this year, I can't remember exactly which game it was now, uh, but the Patriots like ran the ball only something like five times and just threw it the whole game and won. Uh, Tom Brady's that caliber of quarterback that you can get away with stuff like that. Um, especially against this team. On the other side of the ball, I think Mariota is going to be able to move the ball. This uh, New England defense is good but not great. Uh, so I don't think that they're going to be able to stop them. I think they'll completely stop the run game, though. I do not see Tennessee being able to run the ball. But I don't think it'll matter much because I think Tennessee will find themselves in an early deficit and they'll have to throw the ball a lot anyway. Um, but I think Mariota's going to have a good performance. Uh, I still think he's going to be able to get the ball out to 
his weapons, uh, get the ball moving down the field, McCluster out of the backfield, uh, Doyle Green back to my mention, and uh, Delaney Walker is probably our best offensive weapon right now. Uh, so I think they'll be able to move the ball around. I expect them to be able to, to score probably but twice. Um, but I still think this game is probably like a 35-14 game. I don't expect it to be very close. Uh, Patriots are just a class above the Titans right now, for sure. So, uh, Amos, there was a report that Julian Edelman is practicing, and he's looking pretty sharp. What are the chances we see him on Sunday? Uh, Very highly unlikely. I don't think that you'll see him at all until the playoffs. I just don't think there's – I know I said the same thing about Gronk last week, and he ended up playing, but Edelman might be the most vital person in this offense receiver-wise, and – I don't – there's absolutely – I mean, it's a broken foot. There's no need to rush him back. They're probably going to have that first round bye, and I, I'd save him for the playoffs. That's when you're going to need him the most. Do you agree, Peter? Yeah, I don't see him – I don't see him playing this today. I don't want – I don't think they'll try to rush him back, and I think if you're going to see him, it'll either be the game after that or the final game of the season just to kind of get him ready for the playoffs, see him some playing time just to get him fresh. But this week – in my opinion, it would be too soon um, because you already have Gronk out there who came back a little earlier than we thought, so you don't want to risk injuring both of them or or at least Edelman because um, I think his injury is far worse over Gronk's sprained knee. And, Ron? If they were playing, you know, uh, the, the Bengals or the Broncos or a team that was at the top of this division or would, you know, could give them a lot of headache, I would say that you might want to you might want to try to put Edelman in, uh, but this Titans team I don't see them having much problem, so I, I definitely think that you should rest Edelman for the playoffs. And I agree 100. percent But you know you got to get these guys ready for the playoffs. So maybe they'll he'll come in and play one or two snaps here and there. You never know, Bill Belichick. You know that they, they they like tiptoeing around the injury report up in Foxborough. Uh, Ryan, you had something going on on your end, didn't you? Uh, we got to talk about this app again, so I'm going to let you take the floor here. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody heard the show last night, heard us talk about the uh, Sports Mania name, that sports app. Um, it's a lot of fun. Any sports fan, it's, it's a game you got to play. Uh, it's a sports trivia game that everyone is talking about. It's played by thousands of sports fans around the world. Each puzzle contains pictures that relate to some type of sport. Challenge yourself to unlock the answer. Some answers are definitely easier than others. Uh, they have hundreds of questions. So download the game now and try it out while it's free. It's only going to be free, um, I believe, one more day. You definitely want to get on there. Uh, it's on iTunes, uh, App Store. Go on there, download it. The Sports Mania name, that sport app. And it is a lot more challenging than you would think. I thought this game was going to be really easy. You know, it'd be like, oh, it's a baseball, or like, oh, it's Peyton Manning, it's football. But it is very hard. Amos, I know you played it. You, you can attest to how hard this game is. Yeah, it was much harder than I wanted to. I mean, if you're out there looking for some kind of sports game that's going to challenge your knowledge of sports, athletes, sports terminology, this is definitely going to be an extremely fun app for you. You're going to have a great time with it. It's something that's going to make you think get you stimulated, challenge all of your sports knowledge. It's definitely worth the download, and it's extremely fun and extremely challenging. 
Yeah, so again, everybody that's interested in this game, it's Sports Mania, name that sport on the iTunes Apple or the iTunes App Store. And, and I know we've got a lot of guys from Jock Journal downloading and playing. They were actually talking about it on the Nash and Matt show last night a little bit too as well. So like I said, definitely check that game out. A lot of fun. I played it. <laughs> I actually got stuck on one of the, on level 18, I think is what it was last night. So, but anyway, back here to the games. Uh, let's see, where were we at? Panthers at Giants. Uh, the Panthers are favored by five. Uh, Panthers is still undefeated. Uh, biggest matchup of the game for me is Josh Norman versus Odo Beckham Jr. I keep hearing all my Panthers fans on Facebook talking about Josh Norman as the best cornerback in the NFL. Uh, so we all see Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't really been – he's been pretty much unstoppable as of late. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I say I say week in and week out that the Panthers will not go undefeated, but I'm going to take them here. But, you know, it's, it, it's still winter. You know, I, I still think eventually they're going to uh, sit Cam Newton once they figure out their playoff standings, you know, can they can they still win out, Amos? That that's the biggest question. Oh yeah, I absolutely think they can, and wouldn't be surprised if they kept the starters in there to go ahead and do it. Their schedule's by no means tough at the end, and I think it's something that they can easily do. But they are going to be on upset alert every week. Um, I think, especially the. The matchup this week in Odell Beckham versus Josh Norman. I seen a stat yesterday that against top the five of the better receivers in the league, or uh, Josh Norman's given up like 89 yards combined and no touchdowns, which is absolutely crazy. But I think the biggest thing that's skewed there too maybe is the quarterbacks that are throwing to these receivers, and. A lot of it's going to depend on, I think, which Eli we see. If we see the Eli from the Miami game or if we're going to see Eli from the past games where he's thrown fourth-quarter interceptions and they've blown, you know, 10, 14-point leads. And I, it could be a very good game, extremely competitive. That Panthers defense is outstanding. Giants defense played very well against – or not very well, but did enough to beat Miami last week. And – I just this is gonna be a good game, I think. And I don't see the Panthers getting another shutout like they get did against Atlanta. But I, I do. I think they get the win. I think Keekley has another big game. I think Norman uh, does enough against Odell Beckham to kind of slow him down to keep him in check. But if Eli's on target like he was last week, protects the ball. I mean, look out for that upset. But we'll take the Panthers. <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree with you, what Amos said there. Uh, you guys brought up the key matchup. I think, you know, you definitely have to bring it up when talking about this game as Odell Beckham Jr. on uh, Josh Norman. I think it'll be a key to this game. Uh, you know, it's going to be such a fun matchup to watch because both of them are playing excellent football right now. Uh, two very exciting players uh, to watch. Um I think it's going to be a really, really fun matchup all all game long in this. Um, for me, I think the Panthers are going to win this. I don't think it's going to be that close either because when the Panthers have the football, um, they're going to move the ball down the field with at will, I think. I don't think they're going to have a lot of problems against these Giants, whose secondary has been awful. 
they've been like okay against the run. Um, and this is, you know, the best running team and football as the Panthers, um, especially with Cam Newton. And then you got Jonathan Stewart and Tolbert. Uh, you know, they, they have a lot of ways to move the ball on you on the ground. And then through the air, you know, something Carolina hasn't been great at this season, of course, with all of the injuries that they've had. But this secondary is atrocious. I think that Cam Newton is going to move the ball through the air. I don't think he's going to have that much problem at all. But if you look at the other side of the ball, the Giants have a mountain in front of them. This Panthers defense is really good. We talked about uh, Josh Norman, of course. Um, Amos brought up Keekley, who I think is the best linebacker in the game right now, bar none. Um, and you look at their defensive front is good. Their linebackers are amazing. You know, they have amazing talent at the linebacker position. Their secondary has been playing excellent this season. This is a really tough defense. And then you bring up the fact, uh, as Amos said, uh, summed up perfectly, I think, you got this hot and cold Eli Manning. You don't know which Eli Manning you're going to get. Is this going to be Super Bowl winning? Uh, quality Eli Manning, uh, you know, the guy that we saw on Monday night? Or is this going to be Eli Manning that throws, you know, three interceptions to Dallas? You know, is this um, – he throws two picks in the first two drives like he did in that, I believe, it was the Eagles game. And, you know, you don't know what you're going to get out of Eli. Um, Norman covering Odell Beckham Jr., if Norman does a good job, they shut down uh, the Giants' offense right there. Uh, the, the other weapons of wide receivers that the Giants have are kind of pedestrian. Uh, this defense is too good to let them, like, run all over the place. Um you know, without Odell Beckham Jr. having a good game. So if Josh Norman uh, even slows Odell Beckham Jr. down, the Giants are in huge trouble in this game. Yeah, I don't see the Giants being able to win this game at all. You looked at the different uh, different aspects of the game, and, Ryan, you really you really took uh, – you have a great breakdown there about the Giants' offense against the Panthers' defense and then – the Panthers' offense against the Giants' defense. Um, clearly, Carolina has the best all-around team. I think uh, more they're the more complete team out of the two. The one thing that the Giants do have over the Panthers is uh, receivers-wise, their weapons to me are, are much better. Although Beckham Jr. is by far the best receiver in this game and one of the best receivers in the NFL today. And so it's going to be. Cu- I'm curious to see how him and Josh Norman are going to match up against each other. But based on how, how Josh Norman has shut down other receivers this year, top receivers on other teams and top receivers in this league. I don't see Beckham having a monster game. Um, you know, after you look, you know, and I go back to the Patriots game with Malcolm Butler after there was a uh, there was the bad tackling or possible mix of communication on the long touchdown. He did a really good job of shutting him down following that. So I think when you kind of look at that, you're, you're going to say to yourself, okay, well, then Josh Norman's going to have a pretty good chance. You know, I think Josh Norman is better than Malcolm Butler. Josh Norman will probably do a, a, you know, I don't think he'll let him score a touchdown. And then you look at Luke Keekley, he's one of the best linebackers in the NFL, if not the best. Actually, I think he is the best linebacker. So you got those two. Plus, the pass rush hasn't been that bad. And if Eli Manning can't get a good rhythm going, he, they're going to struggle. And this is going to be the game where Amos said, is he going to throw more, is he going to turn over the ball in the fourth quarter? Or if they have a leader, they're going to blow it. I don't see the Giants really getting a lead in this game. I think Carolina's going to kind of run away with this game late. Uh, I like what Carolina has in the run game. Ken Newton's been playing really well despite his lack of weapons. But I think you, you know, what's interesting, too, is I think if you look at Tegan Jr. and Greg Olson going up against this 
the secondary, Tegan Jr. might be able to catch a couple deep bombs from Cam Newton for touchdowns. He did the same thing against the Falcons. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tegan have one long touchdown against the Giants secondary. And then once that happens, it's going to open up the underneath passing attack, and Cam Newton might might have a really great passing game against the Giants here. And I don't give the Giants any chance in this game. Uh, you know, this could be a trap game for the Panthers, but right now the, the Giants just they're so hot and cold, and the Carolina is 13 and 0. So you got to go with the hot team. And before we go into this next game, real quickly, just to hear what you guys think. Uh, best corner, corner, cornerback in the NFL right now. I'm taking Patrick Peterson because of the versatility, Peter. Yeah, that's a good idea. Patrick Peterson is just so he's so phenomenally talented. I think he's yeah, just it's just ridiculous how good he is. And I think you're right about that. Not not to be discriminatory against um, Josh Norman, but Patrick Peterson has been just lights out ever since he's been coming to the NFL. Plus, he's really good at returning punts and kickoffs, and I think he's thrown a few passes, too. So, he's done a couple more things. <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I really love Daryl Rivas. I'll, I'll bring him up. Um, because of the versatility, you can play him anywhere on the field. Uh, but I'm going to I'm agree with you guys. It's Patrick Peterson right now, you'd have to say. And he's the same way. You can play him anywhere on the field. He can play against your tight end. He can play against, you know, this, those possession kind of wide receivers, the, the smaller, quicker guys or slot receivers. Uh, he can play against big body guys. Uh, you, Patrick Peterson can play anywhere on the field and be effective against any type of player and will still be effective. Uh, he has to be the top right now, in my opinion. And Amos. Amos, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll get a right about you. <laughs> you're you're right. I am going to actually go with Josh Norman. I like well, I think there's two sides. I like Josh Norman for pure league coverage. I think he's the best cover corner in the league. But if I'm looking for a guy who can make a mistake and have this blazing recovery speed, I would go with Patrick Peterson. I think they're both playing at a high level. Yeah, I think uh, Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, as much as I hate him, he's still the best cover corner in the NFL. I, I think Darrell Revis has actually taken a step back with his speed this year, but that's just my opinion. Uh, and I, I think you you got to add uh, Xavier Rhodes in the conversation as well. Uh, Broncos oh, at absolutely. Steelers. Yeah, Broncos at Steelers. <clears throat> a lot of playoff implications involved in this one. Another loss to the Broncos puts him two games behind the Patriots for that top seed. And the reason this is important is because of the loss to Andy Dalton. You know, I the Bron- we we've seen the we've seen this Broncos offense. They look like they're a hot mess right now. I don't think Peyton Manning can go in there and win this football game. I I like the Steelers. I like them comfortably at home. Uh, Ryan, what do the Broncos need to do to get this win? They need uh, to get the ground game started. They need to be able to run the ball effectively. Uh, that's what they need to do. You know, this Steelers defense isn't that great. Uh, you know, the the greatness comes of the coaching, not the talent of the Steelers defense. Uh, they don't have not that impressive talent. But these are all uh, everybody that's there is a Dick LeBeau disciple. You know, they all learned from Dick LeBeau, uh, so they're still running a Dick LeBeau defense, even though that he's at Tennessee. Make no mistake about it. Uh, the, but the Broncos, they got to run the ball, be able to move it. Osweiler cannot do it by himself. And don't forget that Osweiler's only lost one game as a starter. 
he has played pretty well, considering the fact that he's getting his first starts of his career uh, with the kind of pressure that he's facing. This will be a tough game um, for him, though, going to Heinz Field to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are as hot as any team in football right now. Uh, the Steelers have been playing excellent. You know, ben Roethlisberger, uh, of course, he produces like now it's every year. It just seems like at this point in the season, Ben Roethlisberger catches fire. Last year, he had the two games back to back towards the end of the season where he threw six touchdowns back to back, like unbelievable performances. Um, this offense is the best offense in football right now, in my opinion. Uh, with Antonio Brown, who I think is the best wide receiver in the NFL. They have D'Angelo Williams coming out of the backfield, and they found so many ways to use him, so versatile. Uh, and especially coming in, these are back up, and the, the performance that he's had is unbelievable. Um, Artavius Bryant, you cannot sleep on the unbelievable speed that he had. Roethlisberger, of course, is a of course is a top ten quarterback in this league. Uh, they really just have a lot of great pieces on that offense. The defense isn't as impressive, but as I said earlier, the the coaching is on that. Uh, defense. You look at the other side of the football here, the Broncos have an amazing defense. We all know that. You know, this defense is really good um, and they're able to slow teams down. They're able to get a lot of pressure off the front. You know, with defensive front is so talented and then, you know, you, you look at the uh, the secondary is one of the best in football. It's not the best. They're really able uh to slow down your team, to stop you, give you this third and long situation. Uh, this defense has played excellent this year. We all know that. But they will have a very tough matchup today, um, trying to contain all the weapons uh, that the Pittsburgh Steelers have on that offense. Then you look, uh, you know, you look with uh, when the Broncos have the ball, their offense hasn't been moving the ball um, overly well. Uh, you know, they are able to get, like, here and there. I think Osweiler's played very impressively for his age and experience. Uh, but they need to run the ball more effectively. You know, you need – when you have this kind of a young quarterback, look at the guys that are young that have success. Uh, Russell Wilson comes to mind. Um, Cam Newton. The guys that are younger and have success have really good running games. Uh, and it's almost 100% across the board. Those really good running games take the pressure off of the quarterback. So in order to beat this team, Steelers team, uh, you're going to have to get uh, Hillman and Anderson going, and, and they're going to have to be playing very well, or maybe one of them take over. But you got to get the running game going that takes pressure off Osweiler uh, so he can do what he has to do to win this football game. I still think the Steelers are going to win. I think six points is the perfect spot um, for this. I think that it's going to be tougher uh, a tough tough game, a lot of fun to watch, but I think the Steelers are just too hot right now to stop. Steelers are too tough uh, to stop right now, too. Yeah, you're right. Um, anybody who's watched them play lately, it's just that their offense has just blown teams away with the, with the talent they have. Um, the passing attack has just been ridiculously good, and it's kind of interesting. When Le'Veon Bell went down, there were some people I remember hearing saying, oh, maybe the Steelers are going to fall a little bit, but they've actually just improved 
um, as weeks have gone on. I'm not saying it has anything to do with Le'Veon Bell, but I think they've improved because players are stepping up. And D'Angelo Williams is, has been a great backup and really a, not just a great backup, but a great starter, too. Whenever he's on the field, he's doing great things. And then Antonio Brown and Bryant and, and Wheaton are just such a great trio of receivers. I just feel like the Steelers are too much right now for – the uh, for the Broncos to handle. I think you saw Brock Osweiler struggle against the Raiders, but part of that was because receivers were dropping the football. The offensive line was having some major issues. And now the Denver, now the Broncos, who looked a little bit inept on offense, which they had most of the year. And I was I've been the one on the show saying for quite some time, and I think you can all agree with me that the defense was the only was really the reason why this team was winning games because they were saving their they were saving Payne Manning. Um, from all those turnovers, um, especially early in some of the games from Jesus as he was throwing them. Mark Osweiler stepped in, looked pretty good, but then he, but then he looked, but then the team as a unit really looked pretty bad on uh, this past week against the Raiders. And you also have to remember the run game didn't do much of anything. So the, the run game of Denver has been. There have been some games this year where they've been really good, and there have been some games this year where they've struggled. And if their run game struggles this week. You, and and Brock Osweiler and his receivers aren't on the same page again where the offensive line isn't doing anything, that means that the Big Ben is going to have more time on the field. And with the three receivers he can throw the football to, the Andrew Williams behind him, I honestly think that though all those weapons combined are going to be way too much for the Denver Broncos defense to handle, and the defense might end up getting gassed. So I'm going to take the Steelers from this one at home, and they're going to, they're going to knock Denver down to uh, – four losses on the season and help the Patriots out and even possibly help the Bengals out, um, assuming the Bengals win this weekend. And it'll help the Bengals, assuming they can beat Denver next weekend when they play to uh, get a first-round bye. Yeah, I'm going to go with Denver this weekend, actually. Uh, it's a game that I agree. I think it's the game of the week, and it's one that I've gone back and forth on for most of the week. But I know Brock, Brock Osweiler's 3-1. and one. Didn't look the greatest last week. But had Vernon Davis caught, like, 18-yard ball, 18-yard ball down the field, we're talking a completely different story. Osweiler might be 4-0. and And I think it's a thing to where this year, I think we've seen it when Denver's absolutely had to have it. That running game has showed up, and that defense has as well. And I think that defense will show up. I think they're going to get to Ben, especially off the edge. I think they're going to get there, and they're going to be in space. And I know he's by far probably the best quarterback at making plays outside the pocket and extending plays. And I just don't know if he'll be able to do that against this defensive line and this secondary. I think it's an absolute great matchup. I do. I think it's probably the best one we'll see this week. And I like Pittsburgh. Um, I just – to me, the biggest X factor is if Pittsburgh does win this game, I think it's going to be whichever receiver ends up being on a key to leave. And I think it's a thing in the past where to leave's been burnt by top more top tier receivers. He's a guy that will let receivers get by him, and if he doesn't, he'll just poke him in the eyes. Uh, and I, real quick, oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just going to go. With, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Denver. I think they're gonna have the. Uh, <laughs> I think they're gonna have a better team on the field Sunday. Uh, if you look at the numbers here, Pittsburgh's got the number two offense in the NFL, 
Denver's got the number 24 offense in the NFL. So, like, I'm going back to what Peter said. I think we're going to see the defense, you know, Denver, people want to try and carry this game. But you got to score points when you're playing a high-flying offense. So, we'll we'll just leave it at that and see what happens. Uh, Back to the quick picks. Uh, Packers or Raiders? Uh, Packers are favored by three. (sighs) Man. Uh, I don't know about this one, guys, because Raiders are looking like the Raiders again, but I – I'm on brains telling me Raiders, but I'm going to go with the Packers here with my heart. Uh, Peter? I'm taking the Packers. Amos? Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers, too. I just don't know if the Raiders can string two lucky wins back-to-back. And Ryan? So you picked against the Raiders last week, right? And the Raiders end up winning. So what's that mean now? Yeah. Where are we at with this? I don't know. I don't know which way to pick anymore. Uh, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm going with the Packers here. Uh, I think that they're starting to figure it out a little bit. I think the Raiders are still. I haven't like Derek Carr. Just seems like he's taking a step back the last couple of weeks. I haven't really been impressed with him in over like three or four weeks now. Uh, so I'm going to take the Packers here. Bengals at 49ers, Bengals by four and a half. You know, if, if I was going to bet the spread, I would probably take the 49ers and the four and a half. But if I'm betting the game straight up, I'm going to take the Bengals here. Amos? Amos? Yeah, I agree. I'm going <laughs> to take the Bengals as well. Uh, I'm never picking the 49ers again. <laughs> Ryan? Never picking the 49ers again is a good uh, – it's a probably a good rule to live by. I'm taking the, the Bengals here. I don't think they're going to struggle that much. you got to remember this is still a very high-class uh, defense that they're working with. they got a lot of weapons on offense to help A.J. McCarron. I think he'll be fine. And Peter. Uh, there's nothing to like about the 49ers, so I'm going to have to go with the Bengals by default here. <laughs> That's all i got to say. <laughs> Uh, Dolphins at Chargers, Chargers by a point and a half. And you were asking me how the Chargers are favored by a point and a half earlier, Ryan. I think it's because the Dolphins just plain suck. But I'm still going to take the Dolphins here. <laughs> Ryan. The Dolphins, the Dolphins have not been impressive this year for sure. But if we're going to talk about teams that suck, the Chargers are the first team that comes to mind. Uh, I think the Dolphins are going to win here. I don't think they're going to have much of a problem. Peter. Oh, God, I'm taking the charges in this one, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised myself a little bit, but Miami's just mm-hmm. so ridiculously up and down right now. And Maybe Phillip Rivers gets another win before the season's over. Who knows? <laughs> Amos. <laughs> um, I think the Dolphins are going to make everybody question how the Chargers aren't undefeated after this game. <laughs> yeah. And the Sunday night game is the Cardinals at Eagles. Uh, Cardinals are only favored by three and a half. Uh, I think that's being a little bit generous for the Eagles' sake. You know, the Chip Kelly fan club disagrees with the point spread. We're taking the Cardinals. We're taking it by 14. Uh, Peter? The fact that this game's a three-and-a-half-point three spread, I'm, I might go down to the Las Vegas trip and ask people that are, are the sports bettors down there why they even bet it to three-and-a-half because I think the Cardinals are going to actually shellack the Eagles on Sunday. The Eagles aren't going to have a chance. If the Cardinals are just going to whoop the Eagles big time, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a 21-point victory. Just Sorry, I don't believe in the Eagles at all. Amos? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Cardinals as well. Just way too much offensive firepower. 
And Ryan. Uh, I'm going with the Cardinals here, too, but I think the three-and-a-half-point line is actually not that bad. This Eagles team has been playing really good in the last couple of games, uh, and they've been and they've really starting to put some stuff together on that offense, and that defense, uh, you know, is up to is up to par. So I think it's going to be a closer game than uh, some of you think, but I'm still taking the Cardinals here. And closing out the Week 15 action on Monday night is the Lions of the Saints. Saints are only favored by three. Ah, oh, this is a tough one because the line's been up and down, and the Saints can get hot at any time. It's in New Orleans. I, I think I'm gonna take the Saints here just because they're favored. Amos, I'm gonna go with the Lions. I'm actually surprised the Saints are even favored in this game. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, I'm gonna take the Lions too. I think Calvin Johnson's gonna have a big game coming off of that pretty weak game, but you know, this. Saints team cannot stop anybody, it seems like. Uh, and I'm going to take the Lions. I think that Matthew Stafford, uh, Golden Tate, and um, Calvin Johnson all have huge games. All right, there you have it. Now, if you guys listened in last Sunday morning, all three of us got our locks and picks in the uh, the, the week correctly. Uh, for my lock, I'm always going to – let me see here. I think I'm going to take the Chiefs at the Ravens. And for my upset, I'm going to go by Bears over Vikings. Uh, Ryan. I'm going to agree with you on both accounts, actually. My uh, lock of the week was also the Chiefs over the Ravens. My upset was also the Buccaneers over the Rams. Amos. Um, I'm going to go with my lock as the Jets over the Cowboys. And I'll go with you guys on the upset, uh, Bears over Vikings. And Peter. All right, well, before I do mine, I'm just going to give uh, – I'm going to pick the Saints to beat the Lions. I, I realize I didn't, um, I didn't say anything for that. So I'm going to oh. take the Saints and go against everybody else. I'm going to I'm gonna be the opposite guy. <laughs> no, I took the – wait a minute, I took the Saints too. I picked the Saints just because they were favored. <laughs> All right, well, then that's two against two. But uh, So for a lot of the week, I'll take – I'm going to take the Jets at the Cowboys, and then for upset pick of the week, because I picked the Bears to beat the Vikings, I'm going to go with Bears over the Vikings. Okay. Uh, so, most intriguing game of the week. And for me, let me look here. Let me go back up through this thing. I think it may be the Panthers and Giants, guys, uh, just because of the Josh Norman Odell Beckham Jr. matchup. Uh, Peter. I'm going to go with the same thing. It's going to be interesting. Plus, the Panthers are still 13-0. and um, The Giants, like we said, are so hot and cold. Even though if they all quick challenge and win the Giants, you never know with them sometimes. They, they can surprise you. So that's I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. Uh, Amos? Um, I'm going to go with the Falcons and Jaguars, actually. It's going to be a very, very high-scoring game and a very fun game to watch. And Ryan? I'm going to go Texans-Colts here. Uh, I just think that, you know, the divisional rival, this decide, this probably decides, you know, who wins the division. So a lot of stakes on the line. Uh, and two teams that I think, you know, we all four picked the Texans. But I still think this Colts team could do it. Uh, so I think it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, and it was, uh, like I, we said earlier, Andrew Luck is not playing. He's practicing. But they say it's probably going to be another week before he sees the field. I'm okay. Here's the question: Do you think that Andrew Luck should not play the rest of the year? Whoever wants to go first, go first, and we'll just take a round. I can take this one. Uh, okay. 
I think that I think it depends on if you win this game or not. If you lose this game, uh, then your playoff chances are pretty much in the toilet. Uh, so then I think you just save them. <laughs> uh, if you win this game, though, then you're like firmly in the playoff hunt. Uh, then you, I think you should play them. You should uh, play them so you make sure that you stay over the Texans for those final two games. Or at least you know the one game, and then you can rest your players the final game if, if you're like you know two games up on them or whatever. Uh, but I think if you lose this game, your chances of making the playoffs go dramatically down. Uh, you know you would have to watch the Texans lose two straight in order to come back, which I doubt will happen. So I think it depends on if they win this game or not. Uh, Peter. I think, to tell you, even if they win, I think it's too much of a risk to try to bring Angel back this year, no matter what, because of the injuries he sustained. And I, looking back, I think they should have probably should have then put him on the IR, because I understand you want Andrew Luck to continue to grow and try to come back and win the Super Bowl. But the realistic thing I think here too is that you look at they'll be the fourth seed, even though they don't deserve to even have a home playoff game. But that's an entirely different story. So I think. To me, Andrew Luck just—they need to send him for the rest of the year, shut him down, and then let him try to rest and come back, and then next year be healthy and hopefully not deal with injury bug again. And Amos, um, I think Chuck Pagano knows he's going to get fired. I think he's fine with being fired from that team, and I don't think he'll bring Andrew Luck back to even try to risk any further injury or try to save that job. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so here's it. Tomorrow's our last show uh, with uh, Blog Talk Radio. Peter, uh, why don't you tell them what's going on tomorrow? All right, so tomorrow morning we push the show until 10, to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, so it'll be 7, 7 Pacific, which is where I live. And we're going to be doing, in light of the Christmas holiday season, we're going to do uh, each one of us, um, Ryan Amos and myself, will pick a Christmas movie. Brian, you picked Scrooge. Amos, you picked A Christmas Story. And then I picked a, a Very Murray Christmas. It's a Christmas special on Netflix. I'm going to watch it tonight. And then we're going to, it's going to type, kind of talk about our favorite movies of the year, favorite albums of the year, stuff like that. And it should go the whole hour because of the amount of content we're going to do. We're just going to kind of break down 2015 as we talk about our Christmas movies and just about, you know, the music and movies we've liked that have come out this year and then anything else we feel like talking about. Um, and then we're going to talk about the new Star Wars film that is coming out today. So um, we're going to talk about what our feelings are about the movie, um, if we're excited for, you know, what we expect. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. It'll be the last Free For All Friday show, not just on Black Talk Radio, but for the rest of the year, too, because the next two Fridays fall on holidays. So definitely tune in. It's going to be a fun hour of uh, discussion. And real quickly, uh, since I will personally not be here, I got stuck at work. Uh, let's do a quick vote. Uh, favorite Christmas movie of all time. For me, the one that I'd actually picked that we were going to talk about was Christmas Vacation. You know, I, I watch this thing every Christmas Eve. Hilarious film. Uh, Amos, your, your favorite. Oh, man, it's tough. I'm going to go Jingle All the Way, though. I really like that movie. <laughs> uh, Ryan. <laughs> I know this makes me sound like the Grinch, but I've never been a big Christmas movie guy. Uh, but I picked Scrooge because it's got Bill Murray in it, and you can't go wrong with Bill Murray. I, that's why I love Peter's selection, too. And Peter. 
No, Jingle All the Way is great. We all know why I think Jingle All the Way is great, but uh, I'm going to have to go with, and this really isn't a Christmas movie per se, but Die Hard, just in case it's on Christmas, so it counts to me. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Nobody, everybody wants to see Hans Gruber get thrown off the Nakatomi Towers. That's the new meme going around Facebook. Uh, closing thoughts. Uh, just wanted to see some great football this weekend. Uh, I, I still think, you know, the Panthers will not go undefeated, and that's my final thought on the show. Uh, let's go to Ryan. What's your final thought? Uh, my final thought is uh, you guys all suck for being Patriots fans. Go Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Amos. Uh, the final thing that I'm thinking on today is who the Titans are going to pick with that number one pick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Burn. Fair, fair. <laughs> and Peter. All right, so my final thought is uh, I'm looking forward to all the games this weekend, and um, I can't wait to see the Cardinals absolutely demolish the uh, the Eagles on Sunday Night Football and uh, make the Eagles a national embarrassment once again. All right, well, we've got about a few more minutes, but let's go ahead and get get out of here so people can get back to bed or whatnot. <laughs> if you're listening in, thanks for tuning in. If not, catch the free-for-all show tomorrow morning. We will launch Monday night with, uh, or I'm sorry, Jock Journal and their platform, Spreaker. Have a good, have a good day, guys. <laughs>